You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck. Podcast dedicated to Montreal, it's football, presented by Sport Buff. I'm your host, Tim Capper. Hey, Cliff, how are you for the second time? Oh, man, always living the dream, even when it becomes a nightmare. <laughs> I swear we've already done this for the past hour. Oh, wait, we have. Oi. When you talked about technical difficulties on the on the Flight Deck account last week, I, this wasn't quite what I had in mind. Yeah, but... yeah. I think we know to blame this one on. Uh, <laughs> not me mm-hmm. not you um yeah um got some good things uh, you know uh, talk about the 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 game experience this week talk about the game itself because i think cliff and i have come to a conclusion on a couple of things uh and also talk about some others but uh just want to at, at least mention you know, just get it out of the way. As everybody knows, or if you don't, you do now. We, we had a bet going on with uh, Mark Cast uh, when it came to the BC Lions game, and we lost. We changed our logo. I chose what I did. Uh, we did it through Wednesday, or uh, into Wednesday, kept the logo there uh, because kept receipts and said we'd only do it through Wednesday. You know, we held up our end of the bargain. We lost. That was it. But if anybody else wants to do it, hey, why not? Come and do it. We'll, 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 we'll uh, better logo, I guess, again. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. I mean, it's all about having fun, right? That's yeah. what it's supposed to be is having fun with it. You know, you win, you lose. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. So, I mean, like I said, it was fun. We, but now we're, we're back. We're, we're back. Things are way supposed to be nature's healing. However you want to phrase it. <laughs> On to the next one, as they say. On to the next one. Exactly. Um, that's right. We are uh, we're ready for takeoff, so as we are. <laughs> uh, talk about the uh, the experience itself this week. I mean, obviously, this was the first game, Cliff, with the, uh, with the vaccine passport in place. And um, for those of you who may have not checked and seen our social media, you know, the Alowitz did send out a a letter to all ticket holders, I think, including yourself too, Cliff, where mm-hmm. they told us, you know, what, what, uh, entrance to go in. I suggested time to go to be at the stadium. Um, you know, I think it worked out quite well. Uh, the time that I got there, cause I, I, I will admit I got there. They, they wanted me to come an hour and a half early, which was, I had no problem doing. Um, you know, some people, when I, when we put that on social media, made comments that, you know, it it won't make a, won't make a difference because people will come anyways and they won't get into the stadium until halfway through the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, and this is their first time trying this, this vaccine passport out. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be kinks to the system and, you know, making sure everything tries to run as smoothly as possible. And I mean, it sounds like by and large things did go fairly well. I mean, Given the circumstances, obviously, 
you're going to have to give the team a little bit of leeway as far as you know the security checks and the vaccine checks and everything like that. I mean, it's 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 part of the new normal now. If we want to see football games in 2021, this is kind of some of the stuff that we have to deal with. So we, you know, all we can do is our best. Yeah, and and the, um, we're the, not not just us as fans, but also the, the team as well. Like they're you know this is their first time implementing something like this. I mean, it's never going to go as smoothly as one would hope. So just a matter of patience and. They got through that first game. It's done. Now the next game is not until Thanksgiving in October. So any sort of hiccups or any you know sort of flaws that they had in the system, they'll have more than enough time to get that corrected. I'm I'm hoping. Um, yeah. The only other thing, the only thing that I would have mentioned that I did mention to the team actually in their in their game survey after the game was um, you know they had anybody who's been to Personal Molson and has entered through the the Pine Street entrance as you know they usually have a a a, a bag check then you walk up the stairs and then then they wand you um and then they uh, you, you check your tickets uh I, I they had put the the vaccine check on the sta- on the stairs which i think was a bad thing to do uh, I don't know how it was with other entrances. I wouldn't think it was. It wouldn't be like the same way because there aren't really the, that amount of stairs at those other three entrances that there are over on our side, on this side of the stadium. So I, I think what they need to do, Cliff, is they need to move it back, not necessarily where they do the bag check at, but maybe halfway in between that and where the stairs are. At least that way, I, I think it, it'll it may go a little bit more smoother. You know, because you don't have the team coming up, coming through the the crowd of people now. You know, during the, the, these COVID times and the modifications that they made at the stadium. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, they need to make some modifications when it comes to that. I mean, other than that, I mean, I was there early enough that I was able to check out some of the other stuff in the stadium. I will say happily that the kiosks look one hundred percent better. So props to them. Um. But yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was I was done. It was done quite well. I mean, there are others some some game day, some game in game stuff that I think they they finally were able to figure out. Um, they brought back um, country roads finally. <laughs> yes, after missing for well, I the, guess well the first game, yeah, one missing. one game. Don't know what they're going to be doing for uh, for their for our touchdowns because you know oh well uh, we didn't score one. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think overall it, it was done quite well. Uh, you think that they learned the lessons from the the last game, as far as like the stuff that we talked about, like the 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 the, uh, the concerns that we addressed after I, the the first game. Do you think that they sort of took that to heart, maybe, and maybe made the uh, the proper adjustments? I think so. I think the only thing still, I think, I still think that the music's just a touch a little loud because if you're having to scream next to the per- person that you're that you're sitting next to, then the music is loud. I mean, yes, I understand where we are. We're underneath the speakers. You know, it's not the days where the speakers were farther back and they were, you know, they were on poles as you're walking up the stairs. I'm really dating myself by saying that. Um <laughs> I mean, maybe because we're under them, but we don't know what it sounds like in other parts of the stadium. But still, I think I think they're, it's just a touch loud underneath that part of the sec, uh, of the stands. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think they did fine. I, I think they did fine. I mean, um, I think one thing you talked about that you were concerned about was uh, making noise during offense. 
And, yes. you know, they did a lot better. Um, our PA guy after two weeks, it's, you know, after four weeks of having, you know, having many games, you know, having five games that we've played, uh, you need, you still, you would think that you would know the teams, how to pronounce the team's players' names now. I mean, you'd, you'd think, but, you know, Armando Sewell is not Armando Sewell. Right. And as I've noted in the past, too, like uh, press releases and Woody, uh, Woody, notes, Woody Bayron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they give pronunciations. Usually, like, it's like, you know, Media 101 is how do you pronounce so-and-so's name? Because yeah. especially, too, if you've got to announce it, then you kind of got to know how to pronounce it. You know, and it's not hard, but like I said, it's. It's just one of those things, I suppose. I mean, it, it's nitpicking a little bit, maybe, but uh, yeah, it, it's just kind of jarring to hear so well as opposed to see well. We know bloody well it's Almondo Sewell yeah. or Woody Barron yeah. or Mashadrick Hunter. <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, Patrick's Lavelle's. Lave- <laughs> 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 I actually like that one. <laughs> Man. Uh, I actually like that well, one. Well, at least I don't call him David Coate, right? Or, or Christian Matty. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I think someone would be yeah. run out of town on a rail if you called him that. Philippi Gangnon. Gangnon. <laughs> Philippi Gangnon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, Heaven yeah. forbid if Laurent Duvernay-Tardif ever played in the don't CFL, trying us. to pronounce that name. Yeah. I mean, it's to the point where people, like NFL guys are calling him Larry. Because Laurent is just so so difficult, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, and as I said, I mean, hopefully, you know, our, our PA guy, we, maybe we'll have to email him or something like that, and find his Twitter account, and say what's up, yo, you know, this this is how, j- j- just send them send them the, the pronunciation in the tweet. That's all you got to do. <laughs> and 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 hope and pray that the Alouettes never ever sign Liram Hairulahu because that will just you know twist his tongue and it already has. Him. You don't remember? <laughs> He murdered oh, the, it. Did he? Uh, murdered it's been so long. Murdered it. Oh, look. Last time Harry Lahu played in the league was what? 2019? So. He still murdered it. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Listen, words are hard sometimes, I Tim. Know. What do you want me to tell you? I know. <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, like I said the game was fine. You know, they, they, they did well. You know, they tried to start out, I guess, I don't know if it was the fans or if it was the, if it was them saying, let's light up the stadium by trying, they were trying to recreate the, 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 the lightning bug game versus Calgary from 2019. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it, it, it seemed out of place. Well, and again, this comes back to, as I've said before, you're trying to manufacture that feel-good moment from 2019. Let's not forget, when that happened against Calgary in 2019, Yellowwoods were leading. They were trying to protect the lead, and it was a feel-good moment as far it just happened organically. It wasn't forced. And that's what it has been. Like The, the, the past two games, they've been trying to force that feeling, and you can't force it because it comes across as manufactured and fake and no one's buying it. Let's put it that way. Just I mean, like it, the virtual ads on the field. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you know, like, that's it. Like, I get why you're trying to do it, but 
the execution is not there. And I'm not saying stop it entirely, but it's just one of those things like let stuff happen naturally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like, like I said, it, it's, it's just, there's a difference. And so a marked difference, people can tell when they're being forced to do something. And this is not the crowd that's going to go along with whatever you say. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, attendance down slightly at 13,591. We don't know if that was a difference because it was so many, so many weeks, so many weeks later, or if the COVID vaccine had effect, had any effect, which I think it did, um, <laughs> just to be honest. But I'm trying to remember a clip that, I mean, the game was two hours and 39 minutes, dude. I'm tr- That's like a baseball game. I'm trying to remember that the last time the Owls had a a game go that quick. That's nuts. I remember looking looking at my watch and saying, it's 10 to 9 and I'm out of the stadium. (laughs) In and out like the burger chain. (laughs) Yeah. So, but again, it was, overall, it was a, uh, it was a good experience. I'm curious to know how it will be for our first day game uh, for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but we'll see. But uh, again, you know, hey, they brought back uh, John Denver. Everything's right in the world. Like I said, nature is healing. I mean, and, and it sounds so silly. Like, if, folks, if you've never been to Personal Mosul Stadium, you don't understand what that does as far as getting people excited. I mean, the best example would be, for example, in Hamilton, like people go absolutely nuts for when they play sweet caroline and everybody sings along to it it's kind of that same it's feeling like in montreal we chant sure but I mean, mind you their... mind you that's done almost you know every five minutes um pretty much so i mean like that kind of wires it down but i mean like that's that sentiment that feeling that people have like i mean if you've been to hamilton you watch the game there you know what sweet caroline means to them in that sense that's what country roads by john denver means to the alouettes like Sweet, that's, Sweet that's, Caroline at Wrigley Field. That's the best, the best example. If you uh, don't know Ivor Wynn, that's Ivor Wynn. Uh, Tim Hortons Field, Sweet Caroline at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Uh, I was going to say Fenway Park in Boston, but... Oh, that too. That too. They, they, they seem to have co-opted that as well. But again, that's... And we have our stuff too. I mean, we've, we have our U2 stuff, which, which they don't do as often. I mean, yes, I understand we don't play games on sun- on Sundays anymore, but still, it- it's a part of uh, it's a part of Alouette's lore. Yes, since they've been back. I mean, for Christ's sake, they've been back for twenty five years. You know, some some things need to stay the some things need to stay the same, and I understand that some things have to change. I get that, but, but no, for sure. So, I mean, having that little piece of normalcy back, I mean, it just it it feels good. It, it's definitely good, even if. You know, the product on the field doesn't exactly reflect the in-game experience. I mean, it's it's taking steps in the right direction. That's how you've got to look at it. Yeah. It's, I mean, things don't get screwed up overnight, and they don't get fixed overnight. But to, to know that the team is taking a lot of suggestions to heart that we've talked about on the show, and like I said, I don't know how to, to what extent they pay, pay attention to us, but we voice our concerns, and it feels like a lot of them have been addressed and are being taken care of. So that that's a pretty good feeling. For sure. For sure. Uh, we'll see how well, it goes next game. And you, pray, you it, it's a great way to, to move into the game itself. I mean, uh, 27-18 was the loss. Um, so there were so many positives, but yet this game, this, 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 
you would think just by looking at the stats alone, the, the total stats, that the Alouettes won this game. But no, they didn't. The problem is they couldn't get into the end zone. And there were other issues, too, which was, was hindering them from getting into the end zone. I mean, such a waste of, uh, of a monster game by William Stanbeck for a guy to have, you know, I think swear at one point, Cliff, that he was he was averaging almost you know nine yards a rush. I mean, he ended up with seven point seven on the uh, per rush on the game. Mm-hmm. Such a waste there. Such a waste. Of, uh, it's funny to say. It's funny to say a waste of a game from David Cote, who's, who who tied a team record, you know, with uh, the, the six field goals. Yeah, six for six, no less. Like no misses. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, if you throw in one touchdown, this game may be close. You know, it will be will be even closer. I mean, it was by the end of the third, it, it was only seventeen. It was seventeen fifteen. The owl, mm-hmm. again, the owls are still in this game, but again, again, <laughs> missed opportunities. That's really what it came down to. I yeah. mean, and settling for those field goals. I mean, it's great that David Cote kicks six field goals, but maybe that could have been six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Or even if one one or two of those field goals became touchdowns, we're talking about a completely different game altogether. And that's maddening, especially, too, at one point. One of those six field goals was an 11-yard chip shot. I know. I mean, talk about no faith in your offense at that point. But quite frankly, after seeing some of the plays, like there were some outstanding plays, but there was also some absolute dog plays, like just absolutely awful plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean Vernon Adams is a hell of a quarterback when he's on fire, but when he's off, man, is he off? I mean, he just he was not connecting with his receivers for the most part. I mean, less than half of his passes connected to start with. Uh, he he just couldn't get into a rhythm. I mean, things were just not looking good altogether. And the few times that drives were succeeding and they were able to get downfield thanks to Stanback's outstanding rushing. Mm-hmm. The best they can do is come away with three. And I'm sorry, you're not going to beat a team just with field goals, especially not a team like the BC Lions. They are just too well put together oh, yeah. to be beaten only by field goals. Yeah, exactly. And and that, especially finding out after the game that you know uh, Michael Riley's lifetime record versus Beast uh, versus Montreal is 11 and three. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, you know, we got to get props or props is due here, though, Cliff. I mean. I guess you know the CFL, uh, the the Lions tied the CFL record for most knocked uh, pass knockdowns in a game with thirteen, I think it was. But then again, it was also it was also due to the gameplay from Vernon Adams, as you're mentioning before. I mean, you know, thirteen knockdowns. I mean, VA he was sixteen to thirty six for 270 yards. That seems to be a pretty decent game, right? But he had two picks. And the problem is is that one of those picks was it was an interception in the end zone. Mhm. And another one was I think where they were I think uh was it midfield? I'm 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 just off the top of my head. I know I know the second one was when he was trying to to create a play where he should have just tossed the ball out of bounds or yeah. or just gone out of bounds. Something 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 to that effect. Which, Something to that effect, or even taking the sack, which would have sucked, but at least you're not turning the ball over necessarily. Yeah. Him being out of the pocket, he easily could have tossed the ball out of, out of bounds. Yeah, and again, it, it's what he does as far as that Houdini-like ability to escape out of a messy situation, but then once again, just it's just a poor decision. Like, it's just If it's not there, don't force it. So just, right. just throw the ball and live to fight another day. 
and his insistence on trying to make that big play. Like he tries to live up to that big play VA moniker. And when it works, it's great. But when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. And then you end up with turnovers or incomplete passes and just, just bad decision-making all, all across the board. I mean, this really was not VA's best game and it's, it's, it's frustrating because we know what he did a couple weeks ago in Ottawa. He played an outstanding football game, perhaps the best game I've seen out of him in an Alouette's uniform. And then he turns in this performance at home and it's, Quite frankly, it's insulting. I mean, like, <laughs> it, it's all well and good to play on the road and, and win, but your hometown fans deserve a win, too. And then you, you, you hand in this performance, and it was just, it wasn't there. It, it, it It's it's tough. It, there's just no other way to describe just the, the feeling of watching him play and watching him, you know, yes, he'll make one or two outstanding throws and move move the chains, but then... Either you turn it over or the best you can hope for is a field goal. And to me, it was just conservative play calling at best and scared at scared play calling at, at its worst. Especially, too, when one of David Cote's field goals was an 11-yard chip shot. Yeah. Hey. As a result of, of not going for it on on third down when you're yeah. third and four. Yeah, from the four. And, and it's true. It was based on, you know, Gino did drop it. On the play prior, he should have had it, and it should have been a touchdown, or at least a, at least the first. I know it, ha- it would have to have been a touchdown because you can't make a, you can't make it. Yeah, you couldn't make a, exactly like. And again, he had nothing but real estate in front of him. Like that, that was a touchdown right there that he dropped. Yeah. Simple, simple as that. And to, to just settle for a field goal at that point, I mean, that's to me, like, as I said, that's that's beyond conservative. That's playing scared and. Scared money don't make money. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all well and good. You got a field goal out of it, but that was a touchdown. And imagine had they scored the touchdown. I think that really would have changed the momentum of this game. That oh, really would have whether whether it had been a standback, you know, trying it with standback or trying it with a pass. I mean, I mean, it's not, go ahead, Clint. And, and standback was running all over I BC know. for the most the, part. The, the old line was doing such a good job. Are you telling me that standback couldn't have gotten those four yards and rumbled in for the touchdown? I think he absolutely would yeah. have. Instead. You're playing scared. That's really what. That's really how it came across. Was yeah. no, no, no. Just take the points. Take the easy points. Like eleven yard field goal for Christ's sake. I mean, that's. I'm sorry. That's. Yeah. Again, <sighs> as I mentioned before, I mean, for the Owls to have almost 500 yards and lose, that it's so frustrating. I mean, you know, Michael Riley again. I mean, he only missed four passes. Vernon missed 20. You know, I mean, I, and the targets to res- to receptions is is the stat itself. I mean. Gino had had eleven targets but only four catches. B.J. Cunningham ten targets six catches. Dante Absher five cat uh, five targets two catches. Jake Winicky seven targets two catches. And his two catches were nice, but I mean that also means five of them didn't connect, and that's yeah. that's pretty well, tough. Yeah, I mean, and seven to Gino. <laughs> I mean that's the thing. Like these are his guys. These are these are Vernon's guys. Like these are the guys that you expect to make those catches in traffic or, you know, but again, credit to the, the BC secondary, like they, they had these guys well scouted and they were all over them. Like a fat kid on a smarty. Like they, <laughs> they had no answer whatsoever. Nice. The, the receivers. I mean, they, they got like these, these, uh, the secondary for BC, they really got in, in their grills and stayed put quite yeah. frankly. Now I think it leads to what we've been, what we've really been hinting at is Vernon Adams. 
And Vernon, Vernon, you know, when we've known Vernon for a while, and Vernon has been honest with us, and he, he said, he said, if I do bad, I, I, you know, yeah, don't sugarcoat yeah, anything. Yeah, rip me if you have to, because it's Vernon. You know, Vernon in his career with the Alouettes has only won. First of all, he's only won two straight games twice. That was at the beginning of his career with the Owls. Twice. Mm-hmm. And other than that, he's he, he has not, he's only won more than two games in a row after that once. So, mm-hmm. so it's been win-loss, 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 or whatever it's been. It's never been a consistent four, five, six-game streak. No. And we talk about Vernon. Do you know who he reminds me of? No. Hall of Fame quarterback Henry Burris. Okay, where are you going? I like that. I like that analogy. Where are you going with this? Let me explain. When Henry Burris primarily was with the with the Calgary Stampeders, when he was on, he was an absolutely outstanding quarterback. He'd have great games, put up tons of touchdowns, lots of yards. He's won multiple great cups with the the, the Stampeders. I mean, when he's when he's on, he was absolutely outstanding. When he wasn't on. He was horrendous, T- terrible decisions, turning over the ball, loss after loss. I mean, when, when he was bad, he was bad. I mean, it really came down to good Hank versus bad Hank. And I see a lot of that right now in Vernon M's. You, you get Vernon playing these outstanding games like he did against the Red Blacks. And then you get these bad games versus Hamilton and BC at home. I mean, it, it it's like, Good Vernon versus bad Vernon now. Now again, if if when it's all said and done, if Vernon Adams ends up having the career that Henry Burris did, that's amazing because then he will have helped the Alouettes win a couple of great cups and put together a Hall of Fame career. But at the same time, you you've got a quarterback that on any given day, you don't know whether you're gonna get big play VA or you're gonna get Ver none, as in none touchdowns, none yards, none wins. Like you got none when it comes to that. So which Vernon Adams is going to show up at, at game day? We got a game this Friday against the Toronto Argonauts. Are we going to see big play VA or are we going to see Vern none? And yeah. that's the scary part is that we just don't know. And we won't know until kickoff, which Vernon Adams is going to show up on Friday. I, I don't know. understand why Vernon has been such a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing throughout his, you know, his, his career. He has he has the ability. He has the talent. We've seen what he's done. He's made plays out of nothing. I I, I don't <laughs> you know is where you know, what 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 did what did Dr. Jekyll do to become Mr. Hyde? Do you remember? <laughs> I, I I truly don't. Did, did and do I've it? read the book I've read the book a, a couple times at least. Was it a I, David I, uh... David Banner thing? Or sorry, a Bruce Banner, a Bruce, Bruce Banner, Banner thing, <laughs> you know? Maybe it's like you wouldn't like him when he's angry. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, was you wouldn't some, like Vernon Adams when he's angry some either. Some sort of but. gamma radi- gamma radiation. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I just don't know where. Again, as you said, it, and does it come down to coaching? Because we know that Kahari Jones was not on the on the sidelines because of his uh, positive COVID test. And yeah. it being Andre Bulduk as uh, as acting head coach, uh, would Kahari have made all the difference? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I want to believe that the coaching staff that we have in place, they're all professionals. They all know how to win. They're all very talented at what they do. Yeah. One would think between that and 
between knowing what we can do with Vernon as far as like what he's capable of as a as starting quarterback in this league, one would think that they'd at least be able to do something right. But for whatever reason, the 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 offense just really truly wasn't clicking. Or when it did click, it would be like spurts of awesomeness. But then back to back to score one. Or like I said, you you, you settle for the field goal, which is unfortunate, yeah. Especially too, like when you're so close to the end zone, and you know you got a great ground. The ground game was working. I get that. And, Why and, not and, run and, that into the ground? And maybe we should. And maybe you know we shouldn't, wouldn't have gotten to that point. You know, if if if, uh, if Gino had caught the ball and brought it into the end zone, we wouldn't be talking about you know David Cote's sixth field goal trot or whatever it was at that time. No, and as I said, scoring that touchdown could have made all the difference. It could have absolutely changed how. Everything went because I, if I'm not mistaken, too, like after that uh, that field goal, Michael Riley threw an absolute bomb to Lucky yeah, Whitehead yeah, and beautiful. scored a touchdown. So, beautiful. and that really took the the wind out of the sails. I think for the Alouettes at that point, you can't trade. You can't trade seven for three. You, you can't. You really sorry, can't. three for seven. You can't do that. You can't do that. And, and like I said, you're not going to beat the BC Lions just kicking field goals, and no. that's not going to happen. You're not going to beat Michael Riley just kicking field goals. That uh, that's a that's a recipe for failure all day long. That, you talk you talk about coaching for the game itself, and and ju- just as a note, um, I, I spoke with uh, CFL Stats Guru Steve Daniel before the game. Um, that uh, Andre Baduk was not the he wasn't the coach of record because Kahari is still with the team. So I think it's even more frustrating. Kahari gets the loss while he's quarantining at home. Um, but I, I look at that situation and we know what, how many hats Kahari holds. Mm-hmm. I, and I actually think that that was a, uh, a, a contributing factor in this game because I think they have such a good repertoire between each other. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have it with the other, with the other coaches that, uh, the A doesn't have it with the other coaches. But he, you know, head coach, OC, and quarterbacks coach, you know, I, I miss I miss seeing coach do his dance. <laughs> I, I think it's just something that it I, I wouldn't be surprised if that hypes up the team. You know, you have your pregame stuff and then coaches out there doing his dance. And I, I would not be surprised if that was a contributing factor to the way VA played versus BC. Because maybe maybe he does this one play, goes into the sideline, and coach says, you know, coach talks him up. Mm-hmm. You know, because the the offense was the offense was playing very well. I said almost five hundred yards of offense. The O line was doing amazing for standback. They didn't get away from anything. They did they just went out and did it. You know, run runs versus versus passes. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a perfect it was a perfect it was a perfect offense, but it didn't equate touchdowns. It didn't get us touchdowns. So no, and especially with Andre Bulldog being the running backs coach, in addition to assistant head coach, kind of explains why the ground game did as well as what it did. But at the same time, it also makes you wonder. Why didn't you stick with that then? Like, what what happened? Was it a matter of, you know, VA going rogue a little bit as far as, like, you know, taking over as to like calling his own plays as far as him wanting to make the touchdowns happen as opposed to stand back? It's, I mean, that's purely speculation, but 
I mean, for Stanback to have so many rushing yards and carries. And his average 7.7, dude. Oh, my God. And, eight, and, eight, rushes, eight rushes over 10 yards. And to have absolutely nothing to show for it as far as touchdowns go, as far as actually scoring goes, other than field goals. Like, I'm sorry, you, you can't put up numbers like that and just take a look at the fact that it was the kicker who did all the scoring. He was literally more, all this. Yeah. Stanback was more of a beast in this game than he was versus Ottawa. And he had a great game versus Ottawa. Mm-hmm. But again, I think I, I'm it, you're calling him what it is. I'm calling it, but it's a, it's the Jekyll and Hyde, Vernon Adams, and d- the dude just has to stop throwing into into double and triple coverage. That's been a constant. He's just gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. And with Ottawa, he got away with it. You know, yep. Gino did what Gino had to do. You know. Uh. You know, pulling in the vibes from his father. You know, Junie Lewis, who played for the University of South Alabama in his basketball days. He, Gino knew when to go up. Yeah. And get those balls. That that's you know, he's easy he is our deep threat, but the problem again, drop touchdown. Or picked off. Or, or picked off. So No, it, it's it's frustrating because again, this this speaks again to we know what kind of talent this football team has. It's the execution. They're, they're, they just it's there's a disconnect somewhere, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating because they know what they have to do, and they're not doing it. No, for any number of reasons, and there's nothing that we can do in the stands either. Like we just have to hope that they know what they're doing, and I want to believe they know what they're doing. It's just a matter of making it work. You and know, we, like and, and don't get us wrong. We still have faith in VA. 100%. Like, he is our quarterback and yeah. someone that you want to go to war with. Like, like I truly believe, as I said, like, if I use the, the Henry Burst analogy, I think VA is the guy that's going to help this team win great cups. He will be that leader. He will be that kind of player. Mm-hmm. It's just when good Vernon's there, that's the guy you want. Yeah. But it may mean we have to live with bad Vernon, too, every now and again. And... I guess all we can hope for is to see more good than bad. Yeah. And whatever, you know, if it's a mental block or whatever it is that's affecting VA or maybe it really was just not having Kahari there to, to, to remind them just what he can do and what he's capable of doing. I, you know, I mean, it's, as I said, it's anyone's guess as to whether that was the reason why Vernon wasn't who he should be this past Saturday. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens on Friday against the Toronto Argonauts because that's yeah. that's going to be the key right there is which Vernon Adams is going to show up on Friday. Any concern for the Alouettes losing Mario Alford, considering he's been an integral part in the uh, in the return game? I mean, he's gone. We found out, I think it was confirmed today that he's going to go on the sixth game for a broken, that's uh, a broken bone in his, did it say, was it foot, his foot or his, his ankle? His foot or his ankle. Yeah. I, think, I, I believe ankle though, but yeah. uh it, is it concerning? Yes, because again, this is this was a guy that came out of nowhere and was just absolutely explosive last season for the Alouettes, and even this year game scoring one, it, yeah, game one against the Elks, scoring that uh, that eight, I think it was an eighty-five yard touchdown return. It was a beaut. It was, and I mean, he's been kind of you know brought back down to earth a little bit the past couple of games, but uh, you know that that's going to happen when it comes to special teams, especially when you know what a threat he is. And now not having him in the lineup is definitely gonna suck i mean who who can now, take, now who, who can take over for him 
Uh, I mean, because well, because Taku Lee made his uh, his CFL debut on special teams originally. He's the he's the guy from Japan. Um, yes. And by the way, he got a he, he was given so much congratulations before the game, Cliff. I don't know if you saw it or not by by his players, but just yeah, to there's... be able to, to say it was like one of those. I don't want it's a bad analogy, but I use it anyways. It's like one of the Rudy moments where all the congratulations because you got your first start type of thing. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I again, as far as actual players go, you, you hope Takulu is better than what Rudy. Oh the, yeah, yeah, the, but the, the player was. That was but, the only analogy <laughs> that I could really think of. You know? No, that's no, that's fine. And uh, again, with him and Darius Pickett, who ended up uh, returning kicks uh, in uh, Alfred's absence this past Saturday. Yeah. I mean, Darius Pickett. We know what he's, you know. He, he's done a, a decent job with returns as well. If Taku Lee can get in there and prove himself, I think that that's pretty much how William Standback basically became who he was. Because don't forget when uh, Stefan Logan got injured back yeah. in 2018, it was William Standback who was on the practice roster for the Alouettes. That's how he pretty much got his foot in the door was returning kicks in yeah. uh, Logan's absence. And look where William Standback is now. Something you you've said too many a times, you know the next uh, next person up, next man up. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't forget too, Greg Reed also has uh, done punt returning in 2019, so he's also an option as well. Uh, I could even see now with uh, some of the injuries that have come about, uh, Juan Bray getting back into the lineup. Yeah, that's also an option as well as far as returning kicks. So I mean, it's tough to lose a Mario Alford. There's no question about that, but it's not like the Alouettes are completely hooped as far as able bodies to return footballs. I think, you know, we'll see what happens when the, the final lineup is written, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up uh, putting uh, Taku Lee in back for, you know, special teams work, including kickoff and punt returns between him and Pickett and maybe even Greg Reed in the lineup. I think of those three, uh, if, 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 if you were to ask me, I think it'd be any one of those three that'll end up returning kicks for the Alouettes. By the way, still still get a kick out of when they were playing the Super Mario theme for Mario Alford. Is yeah. I love that. Like, I love that type of stuff. It's the little things, yeah, and you yeah. know, like I said, we, we we've been a little rough with the in-game experience, like as far as our criticism of it. But when they get it right, man, they get it right. Yeah, and that's Just something you can continue. See, if you just like, you don't do it every time because he's not going to have a good play every time. But if he does something good, play it. Exactly. Play I mean, it. bring it back to midfield at least. That's fine. Yeah. Like, play it up, and I think he get he gets a kick out of it too. Like the whole Super Mario thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, but but again, it's let's see what happens, and we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes here about the Toronto game. Uh, don't forget, we are on social media. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't listened to all of our shows, if you're missing an episode, you can listen to our archive over at www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can also catch us over on social media, that, especially on Twitter. That's at, at AlouettesFLDeck. You can catch Cliffy at, at CliffyD, and you can catch myself at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. Uh, also, can't forget about our Instagram account, which I think we keep forgetting about. Same thing with Facebook. They're both at Alouettes Flight Deck. Uh, can't forget our the uh, the iLily account that we that we do uh, that shows up on our social media when we're doing the uh, uh, the uh, the video tweets. I don't know what to call them. Um, uh, sorry, the audio tweets. Um, yeah. But obviously, and then the, there are those other ways too, Cliff. Uh, besides that, you know, when it comes to all the different social media, uh, excuse me, the uh, uh, the the podcast uh, aggregates and stuff like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're on pretty much every major podcast platform that you can think of. And we're also on YouTube as well. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, folks, anywhere that you listen to podcasts or on YouTube, just type in the keywords Alouette's Flight Deck. Chances are you will find the podcast there. I mean, it's like I, say, I think it's at this point now, I think it'd be easier to list places where we're not listed as opposed to the ones that we are. So uh, any yeah. way that you any way that you can find to listen to the podcast, folks, uh, by all means, please do, uh, especially when it comes to YouTube. Make sure you like subscribe to our our, our channel. Yeah, get us you know, to 100. Throw, throw, we have a giveaway. Get us to 100. Exactly. 100 subscribers. We're giving away something extremely cool. So. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, you know, give us the, the, the good feedback, the bad feedback. Help us improve this show any way we can. As, as we always say, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you don't like the show, tell us. Yeah, it's true. Um, before we talk about the Toronto game and stuff like that, there are just a, a few things that the uh, few Alouette's news that we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, there are these, you know, as we know, the bulk of the, the games are coming up really uh, in October and November. Um that there are usually the uh, flex packs, which you've gotten many a time, Cliff. But the Alouettes are doing something different this year. Um, they're offering a monthly membership to buy mm-hmm. tickets, which I think is very, it's a very unique idea. More unique than that damn fourth quarter get a cheap ticket, come into the stadium and watch us lose. <laughs> that, that's what we were doing back then, by the way. We were losing. So, yeah. Um, and quite frankly, those things got over like a fart in church. So (laughs) nice, nice. Uh, but I mean, if you want, again, limited tickets, you still have, you know, you get the best prices. It starts at 21 bucks. Uh, you get access to the pre-sale for any playoff games. It's, I think it's a very unique idea. I think it's only because we, it is, you know, the games are where they are. If not, they would be a, uh, it would be a, a normal flex pack. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's a very unique idea. At least they're trying to be able to sell tickets. And as I said, you only want, if you only are able to do it for October, only do it for October. If you only want to do it for November, which there are the bulk of the games in November, mm-hmm. do, do it in November. So Yeah. I, I look at it as like a trial period. Like to see, like in case you're kind of on the fence as to whether or not you want to become a season ticket holder or not. I think this is a good way sort of to get your foot in the door sort of try out the product to see if maybe, you know, like maybe this is something I want to do. Maybe I do want to invest in season tickets for next year and so on. This is, I think is a good way to maybe give you kind of an idea of what to expect as a season ticket holder, kind of give you the, some of the perks that are involved in being a season ticket holder mm-hmm. without making that big time commitment. And if you find that it's working for you, you take the next month and so on and then you decide you can decide at that point if you do actually want to make the jump into full-fledged season ticket holder or maybe the flex pack is still better for you it's you know at the end of the day you, you won't know until you try these things so to me i think it's just a, another good avenue for the alouettes to try and bolster their their fan base trying to offer as many options as possible i mean i i kind of look at it too as like you know just throwing stuff against the wall seeing what sticks so yeah you know give give people the opportunity to try it out if they like it great then this gives them a chance to expand upon it and if they don't then they'll go back to doing what works for them yeah. simple as that exactly uh there was a really only one big transaction i know you want you wanted to bring it up specifically so at least we could talk about it um mm-hmm. you know the alouettes have, have a tendency of the alouettes have a tendency of having a lot of quarterbacks during their preseason roster but uh i think you wanted to talk about our our, our newest quarterback that's now on our roster yeah uh 
Well, it's kind of interesting, too, because uh, for a while he was on BC's practice roster, and I couldn't help but wonder if maybe he made the trip to Montreal with the Lions and just ended up staying put. But uh, Shea Patterson, who uh, once played uh, quarterback for the uh, the Mich- uh, University of Michigan, he is now a member of the Alouettes practice squad. Uh, again, he had a, a very excellent uh, college career. Uh, didn't quite translate to the NFL. Uh, ended up coming up north uh, Started uh, training camp with the BC Lions, ended up making their practice roster. Never got to see any action. Uh, so team decided to let him go, and Montreal picked him up. And now I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that, because, again, I still think VA and Matthew Schiltz are the, the one-two punch that's going to take this team to the promised land. But doesn't hurt to see what, uh, what kind of options are out there. So uh, maybe if Shea Patterson can offer something interesting, we'll, we'll see what he can do. And as you know, as soon as you add someone to the practice roster, ultimately you're going to end up deleting someone from the practice roster, in which case it's, this would be the other quarterback that was in camp, uh, Nick Tiano. Uh, have no idea if he was any good or not, because as you know, we didn't get a chance to go to training camp uh, and see what he could do, if anything. Uh, he did essentially stay on the practice roster. I mean, he was good enough to get through camp. Stayed on the practice roster, never dressed for a game, never saw the light of day. So, again, we're 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 left to wonder what could have been with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess we'll see now if Shea Patterson can do anything as as far as offer, you know, any new insight into the quarterback room as far as his college experience goes. See how that translates to the Canadian game. Uh, as far as transactions go, that's about it. Other than uh, Jermaine Ponder, who started the season on the suspended list, yeah has now joined the team and now is on the practice roster. Uh, again, cracking that out secondary is going to be still pretty tough, I think. But uh, if anyone can do it, it would be Jermaine because he was here in 2019, uh, practice roster as well. So he knows the system. He knows what to expect out of Montreal. Uh, you know, anyway, that's the thing. If, if any injuries go down or someone's just not performing, that's you got to be ready when your number is called. And right. if uh, if that's the case, then I, I think Ponder will be ready to step up if need be. Yeah. Yeah. It's the CFL can be a place for for those uh, for those diamonds in the rough quarterbacks. So, I mean, I think I think his last uh, and any player, by the way. So, I mean, it's. It, yeah, makes make makes me wonder, though, and, you know, with, with Shea, I think he was he also played, I think, his last actual uh, football time that you know they actually got on the field his actual snaps were in the were in the spring league i think so but still right. but still no that's uh, it like i said it's like i said it's it's never easy going from you know being a hot shot in the ncaa and then you get to the the pros and sometimes it doesn't always translate but it could just be the system as well and maybe things will work a little bit better in montreal so I'm curious to see what, if anything, he can do for the Alouettes. And uh, I don't think he'll be a replacement for VA or no. even for Matthew Schultz by no. any stretch. But uh, God forbid either one of these guys get hurt. Let's see what this young man can do. Yeah. Um, wow. Toronto. Yes. Wow. Obviously, this is a huge game, especially with us having three divisional games coming up. And obviously, with the you know the reduction of games this year by four, uh, these next three are important. Obviously, we don't want to look ahead of them going up to to to, to Thanksgiving versus Ottawa. But these are this game is big versus Toronto. I mean, this is a Toronto team that kind of isn't playing like us in a way. Um, you know, 
flashes of greatness, uh, win games by you know a, a, a bonked ball, you know, extra point off of a off of the goalpost. But what 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 does what does Montreal have to do in order to win this game and uh, you know get the divisional win versus Toronto, get ahead of them in the standings, and get it that get ever that much closer to Hamilton, which they play the following week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one thing that we you cannot overlook this Toronto team. I mean, very much like Montreal, though, I do find they're very hot and cold. Like you said, they they've won games in you know terrifying fashion, but they've also been blown out by better teams. So you you, you almost don't know which uh, which Toronto team is going to show up. Uh, you've got Nick Arbuckle, who is a very talented quarterback. Uh, he's played Vernon Adams before. Uh, let's not forget in 2019 that big shootout game against Calgary in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Adams and Arbuckle were part of that. And like I, said, I liken that match to a heavyweight boxing contest, like two guys throwing haymakers at each other. And when it was all said and done, Vernon came out ahead, barely, but he, he got the win. So he knows how to, he knows how to play against Arbuckle and knows how to win against Arbuckle. Uh, but one thing I, I noticed with, with Toronto is they've got some, they've got some pretty good talent. And if they can get clicking, they can be very dangerous. You got guys like uh, Eric Rogers and Devaris Daniels, who also played for Calgary with Nick Arbuckle. Mm-hmm. They've got that connection going. So I think one of the keys for Montreal is they got to be able to shut those guys down. If they can get uh, in in their face and just disrupt their their momentum when it comes to uh, you know trying to go deep, because these are both very deep threats. Right. They got to force Arbuckle to make mistakes. They're gonna have to you know essentially find a way to get to him and. As far as Montreal, they're going to have to take advantage of the fact that, uh, I mean, let's not forget, there's a new defensive consultant for the Argos in Chris Jones, who knows this league very well, and he he knows how to win in this league. But this is his first game as a defensive consultant, sort of replacing the, uh, like doing a a lot of the play calling for the defense. I don't know how the defense is going to adjust to having a new coach so quickly. Montreal is going to have to take advantage of that and just get in their face and they're going to have to set the tone early. As far as I'm concerned, uh, Cameron judge and Hinak Moomba, I do not believe are going to be playing on Friday. So that's two of their defensive studs that are not going to be in the lineup. Montreal absolutely has to take advantage of that. I mean, they're going to, as I said, set the tone early. VA is just gotta, he's, he's big play. VA has to come and play this game and take advantage uh, of, of, Toronto right now because yeah, for sure. when Toronto when Toronto's on they play extremely well. If they can find a way just to rattle Arbuckle and just get him off his game, make sure he doesn't connect with his deep threats. That can be all the difference right there. And it's just a matter of the offense has to execute, take advantage of the ground game, take advantage of the fact that the defensive front is not going to be quite the same as it should be. Let's stand back, run rough shot over these guys. I think that's going to make a huge difference. If they can do all of that, I can definitely see Montreal coming out of there with a W. But if, uh, if Vernon shows up <laughs> and makes the same bad reads, and he's throwing in double coverage again and just making the same mistakes that he did against BC and against Hamilton at home, then I think Arbuckle can do just enough to win. And that's what it was. The, the game against Hamilton uh, that the Argos played, they won on a, a missed field goal. Did they, did they deserve to win that game? No, but they they did just enough to win, and I can see Toronto doing that as well. If Montreal makes mistakes of that nature, 
they could get the, the the Arcos could easily get the W here. So I mean, this these are two hot and cold teams. It's a matter of who wants it enough. Who's going to be hot at the right time? Who's going to have their their plan work to perfection? Right. That, that's going to be the key. Whoever wins this game is the team that's going to be the most prepared and able to execute at the proper times. Yeah. Again, it's. <sighs> Dr. Jekyll Adams, please show up. <laughs> <laughs> we want Big Play VA. This is a perfect game for Big Play VA. So let's hope that Big Play VA shows up. Is the, doc- is the doctor in the house? <laughs> yeah. Again, it's very important these next couple of games. I mean, it's. Let's not, if, if, Mon- if Montreal can walk out of BMO Field with a W, they go to Tim Hortons Field the week after. And play the the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who, again, are a very good team. But also, too, they've also played some pretty bad teams the past couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from their their play and how and what they've done. But they've been very beatable as well. And if they can go into Tim Hortons Field and hand the, the Tiger Cats their first home loss of 2021, yeah. that is huge. That would be a huge boost of confidence. Between winning in Toronto and winning in Hamilton, you come back home Thanksgiving for the game that you've been wanting for the past two years against an Ottawa Red Blacks team that is, quite frankly, not very good. Yeah, that's a, I, I couldn't think of a better way to finally get your first home win of the season riding a momentum wave like that. If you can walk out of Ontario, essentially, with two wins come back home, play a team that you know you've beaten before quite handily and should, quite frankly, be able to do that again. I mean, that that three-game stretch, that could make or break the season for the Alouettes as far as I'm concerned. God forbid, if they can get to three, go 3-0 three and o in that, that stretch, I think that, that will do wonders for how everybody perceives this team and just what kind of momentum going forward would 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 happen for Montreal for the rest of the season? Yeah. If they lose any of these games, could make a difference depending on which game they lose. But uh, I mean, let's just take things one day at a time. Exactly. See what happens on Friday against the Argos. Like I said, cannot take this team lightly. I, they've got talent. They've got good coaching as well. I think it's just a matter of which team is going to execute their game plan the best. The one, the team that does that is going to walk out of there with the win. If, if the O-line can be as good as they were this past week, and if they're, if, uh, you know, if, if our running game is just running rough shot, you know, then, and VA can get it together. Whew. Well, I think having, having Kahari back on the sidelines, calm Vernon down yeah. to help make sure that he he does what he needs to do yeah they get that ground game working like they did against BC because we, we saw what we know what William Sandback can do oh yeah and that, that should take a lot of the pressure off of VA that way he doesn't feel like he has to make those insane plays and all that just you know sometimes less is more like I'd like to see a lot more dinks and dunks even like it's boring football but you know what it still works just move the ball move the chains you don't have to you don't have to make the outstanding play to beat a team like Toronto. Just just work your plan. You've, you've got a great running back. You've got a talented quarterback. We know he's talented. It's just a matter of being able to execute. More than anything else is just execute. Work your plan. And you'll come out of there with a W. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, we, we still are planning to have a talk about the 25th anniversary since the Alouettes have been reborn. Um. 
little things have gotten in the way, but still, we're, we're still planning on having something because, you know, the past 25 years have been very integral, uh, integral part of this franchise. Uh, I think, and I think what many people remember the most currently, considering who's been involved. But stay, mm-hmm. so stay tuned for that. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, other than that, um, you know, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, please, you know, just, just add us, please. Uh, we want to know what you guys think. Um, I, I say it all the time. Like, this is your show, too, folks. I mean, if, you, if you're happy with what you, you're hearing from us, tell your friends, tell your family. If you're not happy with what we have to say, or what, we're, what we're doing, tell us. Because we won't get better unless we know that there's something. If something's wrong, you got to let us know so we can fix it. Exactly. Um, and by the way, I still have to give a, a quick shout out to our, uh, you know, we're still trying to get ourselves another giveaway from our, our presenting sponsor, Sport Buff. Uh, a, a big shout out to Chris and Gary over there. Um, you know, support uh, Canadian businesses. Go over to uh, sportbuffshop.com. Um, they have everything, you know, CFL, Major League Baseball, uh, hockey, which is coming up, the NHL. They even got MLS. So they have a whole bunch of stuff there. Uh, just go ahead and check them out. See if they're running any any current uh, uh, offers. But uh, they got some pretty good, pretty cool merch. Considering, um, uh, you know, even you know, stuff that may not be on a, on a shop. We we've seen some stuff that that are not currently on CFL uh, team uh, shops. So exactly, there's stuff that's exclusive to Sport Buff. So make sure you check them out. Check out the website. Like I said, great products, great uh, great service. I mean, the shipping is fast as well. So I mean, like they they want you to get that swag and make sure that it's on you for for game day. So and a Mont- by all means, and in, my, in my opinion, a Montreal icon. Yeah, up there 100%. and up there with Schwartz. I know I don't I don't pay if people are thinking that I'm nuts, but up there with Schwartz's, up there with uh, yeah Duns. To me, they are you know. The name Sport Buff in Montreal is is iconic. If you've been around long enough, you you you'll know them. So it's uh, exactly it's they're not. they're a part of, a part of the fabric here in the five one four. Exactly. So, so Cliff, dude, good talking with you, man. I mean, it wasn't the the, the best game, but I mean, I think it's uh, uh, again we we haven't lost faith in this team. Uh, I know we are uh, we're on our way. I, I think we will. You know. Well, yeah. here's the thing: all, all the things that we saw this past Saturday a lot of them are correctable mistakes and yeah. a lot of them are just bad circumstances. And sometimes those are hard to get over. And I really want to believe now that we've got Kahari back on the sidelines, uh, I think VA to his credit, he owns up to his, his shortcomings. He makes mistakes. He says it's on him. I've got to do better. I got to do better. And he will do better. I, I, I truly have the, the faith that he is going to do better. I think now it's just a matter of, we know he can be better. It, it's all up to him now. As far as I'm concerned, he's the, he he can write the ship. Yeah, and I know he will write the ship. Yeah, I, I think now it's just a matter of opportunity. And I think he's got a great opportunity this Friday against the Argos. I think I I feel confident in the way he plays against this team. I think I I, I think he'll get his act together. Yeah, it should be fun. And if that's the case, then we're walking out of there with a W. And Maybe this is what turns everything around. Yeah, fingers crossed. Big game. Big game Eastern Division game this week. So uh, we will be back next week to talk about what happened in Toronto. Um, hey, make sure, and make sure you join us. Uh, we want, we'd love to have you with us. Uh, so everybody here at Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Run Final Approach. Take off to the great north. Take off to the 
Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.